0: plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Hello everybody, welcome back. Uh, I hope you're well, hope you're doing alright. What a week. It was A-level results day the other day, and today is GCSEs. Um, i got to say that, uh, uh, as someone who didn't have or hasn't got either of those, um, <laughs> it's just—I never had that day. I just stopped going to going to school. So, you know, I—you it, it, know—it's it, of course it's important for people that have, that have gone into that. Uh, my lad is uh, my youngest Bailey, who's this, he's studying music at, um, at BIM in Bristol. And he messaged me the other day He say he's passed his exams for this for this that last term. So I'm overjoyed, overjoyed. But I will say this: um, yes, you know, you've worked hard, so of course it's important. On that level, like you've, you've put all that work in, and that, to have that recognition to, to say you've passed is is absolutely first class. But it, I think you'll be all right. If not, you know, there's, there's it, it, it doesn't rest on your, your life doesn't finish if your if your exams weren't up to par, weren't what, what you expected. You're gonna be all right. All right, I promise you, it's gonna be fine. Like I say, well, it was different times back then, but I just stopped going to school. You know, I just didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't very academic. I ended up going to college later on, uh, and then you know I kind of ricocheted through life, doing different jobs and things like that. So you know, you're going to find. You'll find a way. You're going to be fine. But good luck and well done if you've passed. Don't worry if you haven't. You're going to be fine. I promise you. But you know, it's a stressful day. You know, it's coming out. This comes out on that day. I'm. I'm sorry you're going through that stress. I wish you all the best. And I wish it was different but it's not. You're gonna be fine though, don't worry about it. You don't worry about it. If the results aren't what you were expecting, don't worry about it, all right? Because, i tell you this as well, you're not the only person that has experienced that. So many people have experienced that. Millions, millions, there's so many. But it's, you get into that in your head, you, know, you think you're the only one. But it's not true, I promise you. So if you're listening to this and you're a bit upset, I promise you, you're gonna be all right. I promise, all right? Don't do anything silly. Just just take a moment, you'll be upset, but it gets better, I promise. Don't worry about it, alright? Um but good luck in the future, you'll be fine, don't worry about that. This is insane in the membrane, and this is where men talk about their feelings and talk about things, talk about problems. I had therapy, not therapy, good no it's counselling, I had counselling. Uh, I had counselling the other day, my first session for a while. I used to have couple I had couples counselling before, and that opened up a few things, so I was like, I wanna. Want to get back into that, and you know, a few things happened in my personal life that I needed to sort, of sort out and unpack and, and work out. You know where I went wrong. Did I go wrong? You know what did I do? You know, and it, it was a great session. It was a brilliant session. The first one, it was via Zoom, uh, and the guy was great. He was great. It's, you forget they're not judging you. You're not judging you. They're like I, I remember. The therapist before and we had couples counselling and as she used to say you know she's like I think you're too You're too worried about what I think of you I went oh yeah I am yeah because they're not there for that they're not judging you uh, they just want to help they want to help you unpack all the bullshit in your head be it good be it bad and it was good it was good it was a good session so and I'm going the NHS route because I can't afford to do it another way at the minute and Oh, if you can, if you have access to it, it's, do it. I would absolutely do it. It's really good. Just because you know some of the things that I've thought over the last few months worried me a bit, and I told them to the, to the therapist and, and to the counselor, and he was like, "Yeah, that's pretty common. It's this, that, and the other." And blah blah. And we had a good chat. He gave me some numbers just in case I did anything silly. But I'm like, no, that's it's not. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, it was good. So if you can, I think you should. It's really good for you. Get it. I'll get a few things off your chest. Um, and one of those things is talking to friends. Friends, honestly, if you open up, chat to your mates, you'll you will definitely feel better about yourself. Have it over a couple of beers, or if you don't drink, go and have a coffee, or you know, go and do something. You know, and men seem to chat. I've, I've, I've talked about this. I was being told about this recently um, by someone. He's a contact actually. Ah, it's this thing called it's like men's sheds. It's this thing they do where men go down to the shed and then like they got these sheds in different places, and they go and they and they just like fix things or they just chat about things and and it's a really good thing uh, and because men seem to talk like side by side rather than face to face men will chat all day long while they're fixing a lawnmower or a car or whatever or painting and decorating and things like that it's a really good thing actually we're going to get him on we'll get that guy on I think his name's Chris Field I met him at Latitude we'll get him on um, but talking to friends is very important and very good for you with that in mind our guest this week is Mr John Hastings John Hastings is a fantastic comedian a wonderful human being who I class as a mate I, uh, I, I, I adore him every time I'm in his company I just feel calm and cool and He's a wonderful, wonderful man. And he's got an album coming out. And so he missed me He said, can I come on and have a chat? And I'm like, yeah, of course you can. And he just opened up. The man is so lovely. He's just, he's just a beautiful human being. And he's been through some, you know, trials and tribulations, as many people have, and he was just open and honest and talked about it all. It was fantastic. The guy is really is a wonderful soul. You're going to hear that in the episode. Before we get into it, how can I forget our wonderful boys, our our the guys that keep the lights on, our wonderful sponsors, Mark and Stacy from Save Our Souls Clothing. Good lads doing good things. They've top boys and they help us keep this thing going as well as our wonderful patrons thank you my wonderful patrons but this is Save Our Souls Clothing and if you go to their website sosclothingcouk forward slash membrane uh, and use the uh, the discount code membrane you will get 15% off across the store not just for our tees and hoodies that our our merch but across the board like all of their stuff as well so go to the website you get 15% off what's not to love so coming up in a minute all the way from LA is John Hastings
0: here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full time gig In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A podcast from producer Paul.co.uk. Insane in the membrane. All right.
1: Here you go, Max. Do you, have a towel? Oh. Do, you have, do you have water?
2: I have wa- I have two types, sparkling and still. Oh,
1: you're so L.A. now.
2: Soda stream, man. I've been inside for a goddamn year. You have to treat yourself, you know what I mean? <laughs> how,
1: yeah. have you, how have you found it there in the lockdowns and things?
2: Well, L.A.'s been great because it's never gloomy. So it's that thing of like, okay, i got to stay inside, but you like burst your windows open in the morning and just be, like literally sound like... S- like, son just like, ah, so that's really nice. But, like, you know, last June was truly terrifying. Like, like you know, the George Floyd riots, mm. the George Floyd protests were amazing to be in and to see, and then to be literally watch the police put on military gear and just attack families. Like, that's the yeah. weird, it was so fucked up. And where I live was literally in between where both riots were. Shit. So it was just, like, sitting on my roof smoking cigarettes being like, What's the move here, exactly? Like, what do you do if they come for your apartment building? And then, as it turned out, I live in Koreatown, which, in the 92 riots, the business owners in Koreatown killed 58 people with guns. They shot 58 people during the looting. So all the looters avoided the area. So they all literally went up,
0: up and down five
2: blocks, and then east. It was so weird, but it was, yeah. Like, all of that was just bananas. But, like, lockdown here has been pretty easy cuz it's all set up like Amazon's depots are in the city as opposed to outside of them anywhere else than where they're in the city cuz LA's weird. Yeah. So it's like you can get same day prime like it's like it's weird like you're oh, trapped in you were trapped in your house but it's like it's way more set up than anywhere else. Yeah, so, yeah, that was yeah. All right.
1: Well, this is the thing Without, with the first lockdown over here, the weather was spectacular. And I'm pretty sure that was down to the fact that none of us were moving around. So there was no pollution. There was no shit in the sky. And suddenly, the sun Dude, was allowed to be.
2: I like. It, I have a big tree out my window, so this window's open for some air, and there's a big tree. I never smelled that tree until a month into COVID. Yeah, you. The smog was gone. Yeah, and Even yeah. crazier, I could see. No, when no one tells you about LA. LA is a valley? Is a is a? It's like a coastal desert, like. I don't even know what it's called, but it's basically the mountains drop down and then it's just literally a slow incline to the ocean. Yeah. So that means if there's no smog from my roof, I was seeing... A giant mountain range that surrounds the city, where you're like, there's mountains in Los
1: Angeles. (laughs) Uh, yeah, man, you're in, you are in the foothills of the of wherever the mountains are called. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think it's the Sierra Nevada. So it's like, oh yeah, like the Mojave Desert's right there. Like it was like there was weird byproducts of that, like being here for when Biden won. Oh yeah, was it was like we beat the the Japanese, like people, like like literally, like we're on the corner, equivalent of like. Imagine being stood in London in the middle of Shaftesbury Avenue and like, or Oxford like you're not, like traffic is not moving and traffic is literally avoiding it. Cops are like coming through to be like, don't worry we're redirecting traffic party on he did it like it's like
1: <laughs> i think all it got of those were... it got to that point didn't it? it was like we don't give a fuck who it could have been hannibal lecter it could have been the worst dude ever just anyone let's just get rid of trump and then we'll worry about what we do next
2: well, cause like w- there's all this stuff that like no one was aware of. Like he didn't give any funding to any of the States for disaster relief if it wasn't COVID. So like California was on fire for three months yeah. and had no federal funding to fight. Like there was all this other stuff. Like Mate. they had no diplomats. Like there was so much stuff where it was such a difference in like American, like it sounds weird, but like the admin got better all of a sudden yeah. because there were 700 government jobs that weren't just <laughs> vacant for four years. And like, Like, it's just also, like, you know, this is a mental health podcast, but it was also, like, living inside a cauldron for two years. Like, you people were crazy. And, like, through that process, I was also, like, I was in the middle of my wife at the time. We were trying to get her a green card, and that was such a defeating process because they're, like, it'll be, it should be three days. This is exaggerating, but, like, it should be three days. It will take one year to do this because. And you're just, like, fuck me. So, it was just, like, it was just a lot of that sort of stuff. But it was, like, it was an amazingly. Tough COVID time, poor moi, but also very rewarding. Like I got into therapy, which I've,
1: Oh mental health
2: podcast, what a nice clangy drop that was, uh, but like it was a, <laughs> it was a, absolutely what needed to
1: happen. Oh dude, I ju- I, uh, yesterday mm. I started counselling myself again. So I get yeah, it, man. Is this the first time you, you've done it? It's
2: the first time I've done it, and I. It's I'm coming to the end. Like he's like, all right, you're 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 good. Like he's like, everything we're gonna do now, we would do. And what I liked is like that is ethical as hell. That he was like, I don't need your money. I'll go fix someone else. Like you're at a good place, but it was like that's cool. I started therapy accidentally because it was we were having stuff in our relationship, and also it was it was partly there was stuff going on in our relationship towards the end. But then it was also I, as much as I enjoyed a bunch of stuff, I was depressed for the first time in covid my anxiety was at a level i've like never helped like i couldn't i wasn't functioning at the level i should like i was a, a level of bleak depressed last september that was amazing and it's an absolute credit to to my ex she really got me through that in yeah. an, like she was like just like just sort of there and the and the right kind of supportive and stuff like that but it was like nothing i've ever experienced because in the end and i'm sure you had a bit of this too which is like our dreams when we were little kids to were to be comedians. And we've worked really hard to get our careers to where there were in February and March of 2020. And we had a year, more than a year of, we don't know what it's going to be. It, it it does look like now it's coming back Mm -hmm. in some form and you're just going to have to figure yourself out. But it was fucking, yeah, I was fucked there for a second. So getting this counselor was like, was so much so important. And then it, at, worked out that we ended up breaking up that weekend and so my counseling oh, wow. session started with him being like so you're having problems in your you're having some stuff in your relationship and i said more than some my friend we <laughs> broke up
1: on friday and he went
2: and i just remembered like I, I he went ah and then,
1: like, <laughs> just- uh, yeah well we had couples counseling before we were having it before covid and all the shit so you know things were happening and then you kind of yeah, it, it just – and it's a shame because, you know, you love each other. Well, you know, I, you know, it, and it just falls it is, apart but it's, and it's, you it's, can't it's, hold it together it's like, and it's like, fuck, man. No,
2: that was the thing that was amazing coming out of my – and I really don't speak about sort of my marriage falling apart and stuff like that because, it's again, it's that weird thing if you realize with breakups as you get older is it's not your story to tell. Mm. It's our story to tell. Like it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting thing. This is wanky as fuck. Everyone put on your berets and go grab a pan au chocolat. (laughs) I I think that this sort of... The discussions we're having about mental health and political correctness and all that sort of stuff are important. There isn't a culture war. Cancel culture doesn't exist. Anyone who believes in that is stupid. And any person who's gone extremely right-wing as a comedian and is screaming about censorship is just upset they didn't get, like, two TV spots that they wanted to get and didn't get it. That's all I'm going to say on the matter. If you're ever <laughs> wondering, why are there are these comedians becoming right-wing pundits? They're just... They didn't get to where they wanted to be. And that's totally fine, and this is how they're expressing it. And if you don't believe me, Milo Yannanopoulos, failed stand-up comedian. Steven Crowder, failed stand-up comedian. Like all of those right-wing talking point pundit people are failed stand-up comedians, except for Alex Jones. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Alex Jones comes to his graft with integrity. That's what he wanted to do, and he's doing it. He is dog-whistling for ra- uh, for racists, and I hate that. But he's doing it. <laughs> From a place of love, Rich. We all have to appreciate the integrity. (laughs) Uh,
1: Integrity is everything, and you're right. It's happened over here. There's a few people. You go, "Oh, fuck you! You just, you just didn't get anywhere anywhere else. Fuck off." Yeah, Yeah. May.
2: I wanted to do live at the Comedy Store and Comedy Central too, but that doesn't mean you get to become a brown shirt, you prick. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's just, but it's one of those things where I just see it because I go, uh, "What? You're just frustrated. You're frustrated at your situation." And you care too much. Like in, in and I don't mean to be nihilistic, but like I'm sure you've had these moments with we're both comedians, we're the lucky if we have a job that we actually like, so you care about it, and you've had those moments where you went, This is fucking bullshit. Like, I deserve this. And then if you're not careful and you don't have friends that go, Yeah, but like yeah. we'll go have a beer and we'll unwind and it'll be fine. If you don't have that, I think you start being like and you know what? I think this fucking
1: Boris Johnson's onto something. <laughs> like, oh, mom, <laughs> uh, exactly that. And you go, oh, GBTV? Oh, yeah, i love a slot. Uh, yeah, fuck, but you know. was
2: just even, like, also, am I the only one that I was like, I got into the arts to not give a fuck? You know what I mean? Like, what are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I give a shit about all people. Why
1: are you being such a prick? Fucking
2: hell. Yeah, it's like, can we go back to when Green Rooms were like, I'm arguing with Alistair Berry over uh, which Elvis Costello album is better? And yes, it counts if he's with, oh, fuck, what is the name of his band? The Attractions? The Attractions, yeah. yeah. Still still an Elvis Costello album. Some people say that's a different oeuvre. I don't give a fuck. He's writing all the songs.
1: I reckon The Attractions was his finest time. Yeah, There was some some stuff later on, but you're going to go, no, The Attractions where it was more electric and alive. I feel. Yeah, it's what yeah, no. I also
2: like. I also like that time period because it feels like a guy having fun. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like you feel like he's putting on the headphones and going, "Oh fuck, yeah!" You get like it's like the um, the whatever the album is that has "Pump It Up." it's yes. such a that is such a walk through the center. Like you do, put that on and walk like Soho down through Trafalgar Square, Leicester Square, Covent Garden. Yeah, and it's just one of those like. Londony albums. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, it's yeah. like you have to listen to Billy Joel in New York. Like, rock and roll with a guitar doesn't work in New York because it's so fast, slow, <laughs> you're in your head. Well, like... London for me you always need like a like a big like a bouncing beat because you're like people are fucking and it's 10 in the morning and then there's a is that Dominic Cummings and then and, and there's a pub <laughs> and it's just like why you know what I mean like it's just a
1: yeah yeah a, yeah that, yeah p- piano doesn't fit that that's gotta be like rock see, and roll Dominic Cummings and rock and roll in the same sentence I, know, I, just, I get it man it's
2: all I always <laughs> always I owe the, the the only celebrity spottings that I've ever heard of happening in that area of London is I one time I'm pretty sure saw Dominic Cummings get in the tube and another friend of mine saw Nigel Farage having a fag in front of the club <laughs> <coughs> where the fuck were
1: you the 70s Jesus
2: no man it was, it was literally like this was post Brexit time this was like 2017 2018 I think I saw Dominic Cummings
1: so they were having a great time no it was later than
2: that it was last year it was last summer 20, oh no 2019 two summers ago is when I think I saw him uh, getting no, in the no. tube
1: there was also a song that uh, Elvis Costello did I think I can't remember who it was with but he went under the, the, uh, the moniker of uh, the imposter That's a great song. Oh, I know. Yeah, check that one out, man. It's a nice, it's a different vibe. It's very cool, very low, deep. It's brilliant. The the impostor Elvis Costello, when he did that. Yeah, it's lovely. Um, But yeah, do you know what? Doing that, though, music comes up a lot. Music's good for your mental health. Just putting on your favorite album when you're feeling shit and just going for a walk. I did that a lot during lockdown. Oh, boy.
2: Yeah, there was a lot. Yeah, Spotify, as much as it's a horrible company and doesn't respect artist rights, is Mm. this weird thing. So like if we're speaking specifically for mental health my mental health was like did you have this in lockdown where I couldn't listen to music for the whole almost the whole I only started listening to music when I got hurt I couldn't couldn't listen to music and this is very weird to me but it was like it reminded me of fun times like it reminded me of like being in bars being in restaurants being out like I couldn't do that and then listening to podcasts was a weird thing because people were together like I didn't I didn't absorb any new media for like most of the I literally would watch like Parks and Rec Law and Order 30 Rock
0: and, Com- then line, the comfort, and then frontline,
2: that comes. And then frontline document, frontline, which you may not know is no. so the public broadcast, the equivalent of the BBC in the U.S. Something called PBS, right? And they have like a protected black box against uh, for their investigative journalist departments. Some rich families are just like, here's our fortunes. Go do really good investigative journalism, and if you actually want to learn about things like Saudi Arabia or fascism rising in the west stuff like that they do amazing 90 minute like here's what actually happened here's what happened with the trump election da, 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 oh, wow. that are super good and for some reason i found a 90 minute documentary about adam waffen the ultra nazi group that's come up post trump that don't believe in hitler they believe in charles manson i found like what that soothing <laughs>
1: that was, it was i was in such a weird place like man you were hurting
2: What I think it was, was it was people, it was, I get weird. I think what it was, if I have to look back with introspection, I was impressed by people accomplishing something in a time when there was no, I couldn't do anything. Like there was, everything was so untact You could work on a script, but is it ever going to get made? You can write a joke. Are you ever going to say it? But then to sit there and watch a guy being like, we're going to tell you the story of this guy who was wrongly convicted on death row. He's like, all right. Like, this is not a situation I can relate to. So I can passively watch it, or I'm like so ensconced
1: in this. I don't know. It's just a, it's a whole thing. No oh man, I get it, man. It's, it, it, it was weird. I think we didn't realize how because I was strangely zen, and I've said this a few times on here. When it all kicked off and the work just dropped away in 20 minutes, all the phone calls, the emails, everything I've been working towards in the last sort of 16, 17 years just fell away, and I just sort mm. of stood in. My, I remember exactly where it was. I was stood in my kitchen, and I'm like, "Fuck, this is serious." But then I felt weird. I felt kind of calm, and I went, "Well, it's not like it's happening to me. Everybody else is still running around doing gigs. Like, this is f- across the board." And I, and you start to and then you start to see, no matter what level you're on, like how successful you are, everybody's the same. We're now mm. all locked indoors. No one's going anywhere. And I got to talk to like people like Heston Blumenthal, Romish, and people like that, and they were all the same. And you're like, "Fuck! This is. It was. You couldn't comprehend it." And so we started. I, and we I just have can to get it. Yeah,
2: go on, man. That first three months, that there was no competition, there was no go, 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 there was no thing to chase after. I hate saying this, but it's honest and true. I like before, up until um, George Floyd being killed by that fucking cop. Mm. I loved the lock. Like I was so burnt out. Yeah, I have workaholism. I am. I literally, if you look up the definition of workaholism, I have it. I will chase after stuff. I will. I've really worked hard to get a very healthy work-life balance. I feel weird talking about having workaholism because I feel that it's it doesn't sound real to me. But it's de- like I read the definition and go, "That's exactly how I feel." Mm. And COVID literally, like it stabbed that cat in the neck. Like it's just like, no, you're done. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. So I literally bought an Xbox and a TV for the first time in my adult life, and I smoked weed out of my apartment window and cigarettes on the roof, and I just played video games for three months, yeah. and I. I didn't do it the whole time, but that was – it was amazing. I, like, went to bed whenever I wanted. Like, people were genuinely amused slash concerned. Like, I'm in a – like I'm in a, I have a WhatsApp group of f- gentleman friends uh, from the British comedy circuit, I- and they were like – Everyone else is making sourdough and, like, working on a novel. And, like, they're like, John, what did you do today? And I was like, I got up at 2 (laughs) p.m. and I I robbed a train. And they were like, all right. (laughs) Uh, But it was exactly what I needed to do to sort of, like, ease letting myself off the hook. And the problem, it's actually not a problem, it's a very good thing, is by doing that, I'm actually, I feel like I'm in a better place. Because I was like, oh, my God, I felt so much better Then when the world was falling apart, can we remember that when the world opens up again and can you? Like, I never took a day off in a week before and now I kind of make myself do it and I'll tell you. Hell of a difference for the old head. I'll tell you, like that you're like, oh, I didn't. I just actually sat and just looked at a tree for 20 minutes.
1: <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Ah, there is that. You just need to, because I was the same. I was all comedy, comedy, comedy. I've, I've got to say yes to everything because someone else would get it, and I'm getting old. Oh my god, I need to do all these things. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Then it all got taken away. And I started watching movies again. I was watching TV, mm. and I'm like, oh yeah, fuck this. This is actually helping my comedy because i'm actually doing things that aren't comedy so this and so when it came back i just was like fucking bang i didn't i was so ready to go hit the ground running just like fucking boom
2: well so we had i had a weird one because i was not that established here i'd only so for those of you listening i live in the u.s uh i live in los angeles but it was this weird thing of i moved to la in fact the last drink I ever had with someone as a comedian officially living in Britain was with young Rich Wilson and Jade Adams and Alistair Berry at a jury's inn in uh, Stockport? Where's that com- Durham, it's in Durham, the comedy store gig in Durham. The yes. next day I flew to LA. So I lived on the road what was I doing? That's twenty nineteen. Yeah, like you were go You were literally going. No, that was 2018. That was 2018. Yeah. So I had been living on the road for eight months, and that was the last gig. And then I flew to LA, and like I just like I had just gotten the word on the train up that like the apartment I'm sat in, I got approved. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. So that was. But then the thing was is to pay for LA, and also like I had built this festival-y sort of thing that was like starting to sort of give bloom, and I didn't want to lose all my contacts, so I was just on the road all the time. Yeah. So from 2018 until coronavirus shut down, like in the back half of 2019, I was in my apartment for 10 days. That's how much I was traveling. I was also getting married. There was a bunch of stuff. But like when you talk about like seeing those movies, it was just also just the joy of not being on a fucking airplane was amazing. (laughs) And being in my own, like just knowing that I was using my toilet. Do you know what I mean? Like eating some vegetables. Stuff like that, like the fucking the road would be great if you didn't have to eat at a restaurant every day because you're just like, I know you're just putting butter on this so it looks better. Can you not do that? I've eaten so many potatoes recently.
1: It's just... <laughs> uh, but you've had, uh, do you? I'll, I'll bring it up. Maybe uh, I don't want to offend. You had problem with weight yeah, growing up. You had weight issues. I certainly did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, no, I, I what's it's a weird one is I didn't. I wasn't fat. I was just called and bullied for being fat because I was super tall and just a giant kid. Mm. So then that weird thing. And then I put on a bunch of weight and then lost. It was sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I was basically bullied into body dysmorphia and then gained a bunch of weight when I went to university because I was cooking for myself and drinking and having a nice time. And then I lost a bunch of weight. So I do have a, a, a lovely touch of the old body dysmorphia. Yeah, right. Um, which... You know, it rears its ugly head every once in a while, but it's that sort of, that other side of some therapy really does get you. It's that weird thing of, I don't know, I've had a few experiences with counseling, but I think that, It it's an interesting thing that I'm sort of in a place now where I'm like, that sort of thought will pop up of like, oh, you just, you had some bread, you fucking pig, piggy, piggy. And you're like, really, we're going to do like, it's this other voice is like, we're going to do this now. We're going to do this right before we're talking to Rich. You want to do that? You want to go talk to your friend, Rich, in a negative head? No. All right. then Shut the fuck up. And it's like that weird. Yang and Yang, which I had to ask my therapist about. And he's like, well, no, that's therapy. That other voice is just you learning to not listen to that negative voice. And I'm like, yeah, but that other voice is pretty aggressive. Yeah, yeah. And like, I just are think concerned it's, about and,
1: that? And do you think it it, it comes from – I know because I've got – I have podidysmorphia. Yeah. And I have it – it's always when I'm anxious about something. It's always when I've got to do something. Or I, it just – yeah, I just yeah. – it happens all of the time. Course, and and it's, then it's, and people just – get it, people go to me – but you look great, Rich. You look great today. And I'm like, no, I'm a fat piece yeah. of shit. I'm a fat piece of shit. And I, that's in my head. And it's fucked up just because, yeah, again, I'm like, oh, I had a sandwich on the way. yeah, Yeah, fucking dirty yeah. dog. I mean,
2: if you ever get the, the body's morphed, just remember that you, that no one knows what age you are. And you very smartly just picked a look that absolutely vibes with your style. So you, I, I, you could throw in another full stone on and still probably be totally fine. You know what I mean? Because it's oh, just thanks, the thing that no one tells you about uh, body look as an adult <laughs> is A personality is the most important part of who you are when it comes to shagging. So listen, like (laughs) if you're concerned about that, do not worry. Your body, it's, it's, and it's, and it's, and and men, there's a whole thing that is done to men where it's like, you know, you're trained to the attractiveness of this is the archetype of women you're supposed to go to. You Mm got to fucking undo that in your twenties by making a bunch of mistakes. But once you're in your thirties, let's be totally honest. It's all about who you are as an actual human being. And if you put on a couple of pounds, we're all adults at this point going, yeah, yeah, well, we, I all, we all discovered souffle around 31 and had a struggle. Like,
1: it's... <laughs> this is it. It's like, I'd rather... It's like when I've said this many times on stage, I'm like, I like meeting people that... Meeting women that love a sandwich. Like, you know, like, have a fucking sandwich. It's nothing better. Yeah. You know? Why are we worrying about this? Just have a fucking sandwich. Yeah. Well, this is
2: the other thing. This comes back. This is something that's happening more and more. And it's also, and this is, I will be totally honest, but something that did, and I do not advocate this for anyone else, but something that did help particularly with me because I have a big old touch of the anxiety, a big problem with sleeping. I had insomnia. I then had a bunch of physical injuries and a bunch of mental injuries, Is that I started smoking weed heavily at night starting in January. So I was smoking it like occasionally during COVID lockdown. But when I got hurt and then I was going through divorce and then there was a bunch of other stuff happening... I if there was a uh, someone in my family passed away under very sort of bizarre circumstances oh, sorry, man. It, thank you very much it was it was it was much harder for um for the it was a it it wasn't someone it was a an uncle uh passed away and it was his decision that he just told his immediate family that he had uh, cancer and the rest of us didn't know for 2 years and it was a very odd experience because you want to reach out to People in that family that you love, but they also were like, "We're we're good.
0: Mm. This is
2: all a shock." And they've been keeping the secret. And then I had a lot of anger towards him because I was just like, "Why didn't you tell? Like it it Why didn't you tell us? Like, yeah. well, is that the kind of per-? It was an odd sort of thing to go through. Um, I had a, a couple of friends that really had fucking tough times, and I was just trying to be a support to them. And you don't realize it's not a burden. It's an absolutely. I do enjoy. I think it's important to help people in those sort of things. But you also realize, you know, your that was. A whole dark corner that we'll mm. shan't go into. For it's not my story to tell. But it was that thing of it, I hate, I hate, hey, 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 hate that I'm saying this. But it helped. We'd help me draw a line in the end of the day. I never was able to be like, day is over. We're just going to read a book, watch TV. Like last night, Mm. I knew I had this podcast. I had a podcast at 8 a.m., but I just had a bit of a fucking couple of days, and I literally listened to a bunch of podcasts set on my coach, stoned as Larry. (laughs) And I know that it's not the healthiest thing, and I should be able to do that sober. I'm not at that place yet, so I need it. And I got to tell you, everyone, find a way to just sort of end your day. So you just have, even if it's five minutes of just like, uh, you sleep. Way fucking... Back. And also, if you're going to start smoking weed, do it in California because it's not like London where you're talking to, like, some guy in Brixton <laughs> by a bin. Like, you're going into what's effectively an Apple store and literally, they're like, what are you looking for? Like, I literally explained, like like I'm like I got insomnia um, anxiety not really depression but it's it's happened one time I have like these physical injuries I'm going through a divorce and like literally like a a small tattooed woman was just like okay you're going to want um, you're going to want something a bit um, heavier but it's very good for your mind creativity loose. now it's called green crack is the one problem cuz you're like oh great and then like and for that injury you're going to want something that soothes the muscles stops the swelling and that's called uh, butt fuck 420 piss man and you're like
1: okay
2: let's, let's get it but yeah but it was only two pieces of advice But
1: isn't that amazing that now they can they can they can create i mean these are these are plants these are plants that grow it's, and they can go they can cultivate them to do things which fuck blows my mind and
2: and it's also they are all exactly who you think they're gonna be. You know what I mean? Like it's you, you never walk in, and it's never someone who looks like Michael McIntyre stood behind the counter of a weed dispenser. Like you walk in, and you're like, oh, it looks like uh, there's eleven people dressed like Noel Fielding in the two thousands. Perfect, I'm at the right place.
1: <laughs> These are experts that I can dig. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Because how do you feel about mental health? I, I am struggling with this because it's one of those things where I feel like it's a crutch and I'm masking some of the problems, but to quote Dana Gould, that's what you do in the winter with a coat. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like,
1: <laughs> yeah. it's not my line,
2: but it exactly is one Fuck. of those things where it's like, yeah. I struggled so, like it's one of the things where, it's the main thing I'm struggling with right now where I'm going, I am getting, I am enjoying my brain and the idea of like, I can actually go to sleep without the trepidation. Mm. But on the other side, I'm like, I don't like that. It's an outside thing that it's something I can't control you know, someone yeah. might go. Well, that's because you just need control, John. You should just give <laughs> over to it.
1: But. Uh-huh. but you've been through a lot. We've all been through a lot. You've been through a lot, like you were just saying. Like you nearly died. You know, you you've your you you broke up with your missus. Your you know yeah, you, yeah. You, you're, you you the, the, your career got taken away. You know, it's coming back now. But you've had mm. a lot of trauma to deal with, and I think we're all sort of guilty of going. Oh, I should have done more. In the lockdowns, I should have done this and done that. You go, no, no, no! You got through it. You actually yeah. survived uh, the, one of the most traumatic periods of our history. And so, to, and now you can go. You can go like you sort of like come out of the collapse. You're like Buster Keaton after the building collapsed around you, <laughs> and you're like, "Whoa, what the fuck! All right, what's left? What do we do?" And now you're coming on the other side. And at the moment, what you're needing to do, it seems, is like you're going, I just need the bit of weed just to fucking stop the cogs turning for a bit. Yeah. And just I mean, about. It must be because. More than a bit. Oh yeah, well, Do you know what I spent like the last lockdown, I was stoned all the time. I don't smoke it. I had a vape. Man, I was fucked watching. watching the thing, yeah, Shit's Creek and all sorts.
2: Oh, let me tell you. Shits Creek, by the way, I well, I love that people love that show for two reasons. One, it's Canadian. Two, I went to theater school with the woman who plays Alexis. Oh, so The daughter, Annie. Um, and it's just one of those things where it's like, the cool, fun, like, ones that you want to get over the wall yeah. don't always do it. And it's just sort of like, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: It was so yeah. progressive. It was so unusual it was it had everything, and it's so beautifully gentle. It just mm. just bum it just bumbles along, and then you get to the, you It go, also this. shows the the
2: sorry no no, no go, on, yeah, yeah, the go on, yeah of humanity in that Eugene Levy is the guy from the movie where a dude fucked a pie and <laughs> did not respect any women, and was part of a sitcom that had a character that was like like pansexual and never acknowledged and then had a gay relationship represented as if it was as normal yeah. as it is as any other relation. There isn't any, they're, they're not getting into a glitter fight over who can wear the feather boa. They're having constructive conversations about how to deal in a relationship. And exactly. you're like, this is why humanity is great because you should, it shouldn't be that same guy, but it's that guy. And then that guy's son yeah. and made and you're just like... <laughs>
1: it was spectacular like you say it wasn't extra they didn't make a thing there wasn't one episode where they talk about the fact that they were gay they they were just a couple in a relationship and they argued and they and there were there was jealousy and there was love and this and that and it was and it was how it should be in a tv show it's just not an extra thing it was oh, yeah. spectacularly written and on what
2: it's also why that show was so big in lockdown is everyone was just, I just need a nice, I don't need a loud, like, it's going to be okay. But that show is like every episode ends just sort of like, that's all right, I guess. And you're like, yeah, it is. (laughs) But you couldn't wait for the next one. Couldn't. It is is the, I have never laughed less at a show that I really enjoy.
1: Do you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) you never
2: were like, ha, 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 ha. But it's like, I didn't need it to be that. Like, I needed it to be,
1: Exactly what it is. Oh, it's fucking insane. insane! Insane that it worked out. Perfect. It's fucking perfect, and it just yeah, it just had everything. And I think now, like I say, you know, now what we're doing, we're coming out, we're coming out of the rubble, and we're like, right, okay, let's start to rebuild. It's going to take a while. I think that's everything as well. We kind of get carried. We kind of think we should be further along than we are. We go look. We're only just coming out of this. A lot, and
2: happened. we're not really out of it, by no, the way, guys. Exactly. Like, it's one, yeah. like, like, I, I don't know what it's like in the UK, but like, where this is coming, where the, when this is being recorded, I'm in Los Angeles. The Delta variant is taking down the unvaccinated all over America, which is there a lot of because they have terrible public education in this country, mm. um, and uh, so people are incredibly distrustful of uh, the government because they aren't taught how to think critically. Uh, amongst a thousand other problems with America, and it's this weird thing of going: Am I going to have to fucking go back inside mm. because some numbskulls don't understand how goddamn viruses work? Yeah. Well, yeah. um, oh, they all think and- it's,
1: a, it's a government conspiracy designed to. It's yeah. insane. It's- Crazy. I
2: mean, it's, it's it's one of those things where I almost, and I say this because there's a lot of Europeans listening, when you do not equate the Christianity you've experienced in Europe to the Christianity you find in the United States right now, there's a bunch of a very fascinating podcasts on it, but essentially and I'll just do two seconds of it because it frames it much differently, don't think of it as an offshoot of Christianity, think of it as there's your classic Protestants Catholics, listen, it's all, very, I, I'm not a religion guy, I think it can be pretty negative but I'm also of the, if it helps you fucking go wild, just don't fucking keep it the noise down to a point that it's not it's not shaking my house fucking have a parade this is my thing here you have to think of them as there's a the religious right has a essentially it's a cult within it that are incredibly misogynist don't believe in any sexual education for women. There's a variety of different uh, evangelicals within that, that have that there are people in the United States that are wholly undocumented, no birth certificate, no social security number. They have 15 children. They live in shacks. Like there's a whole, there's no idea how many of them because they refuse to fill out the census. There's a a whole wing to religion in the United States. That's so much scarier and so much, so much more insidious. So it gets much more frustrating because you, you, you see these people and you just go, oh, you just you just have you don't even have a pot to piss in. And mm. one guy, the only guy who in a nice suit in your community you're listening to because he's the only guy that seems like he's helping. But what comes along with that cup of water and that piece of bread is a shit ton of poisonous ideas so he can sell you gold and cobalt. And yeah. that's the problem that's in the States right now with COVID. So it gives this whole thing of unsecurity again after a couple of months of it's coming back, we're doing shows, what's going on? Yeah, so it's just like,
1: uh. Oh, man, over here, they're actually talking about, uh, you know, the COVID times. That's what, <laughs> and you're like, the, what, the ones that are still here? The ones that yeah, yeah. we're all going to get, we, we don't even know if these vaccines work properly. So, you know.
2: Well, no, it's even it's even funnier than that is. The vaccines work fine. We've What we've learned is sh- no human being knows how a vaccine works, and no human being ever reads past a headline. Like, these are the, the, the fun things. Like, you have to have yeah, fun yeah, in yeah. chaotic times. And the amount of people that have gone, D- D- Delta destroys the vaccine, and I go, who told you that? And they go, I read it in the New York Times, and I went, did you read the headline, or did you read the article? And a friend of mine went, I read the, um, it was the headline, and I went, I'm going to look at, and I looked at the article and literally the article was, um, and it was, the headline was like, Delta variant takes down vaccinated patient. And then you read the body goes going, is what we would say if that had <laughs> happened. <laughs> but And you're just like, are you fucking
1: kidding me? Just to sell papers, just to sell Yeah, People
2: in- are literally on fire with anxiety. This is not the way to yeah. get
1: some of that money you got in the Trump years. Um,
2: uh, like, he like,
1: but this is what's happening now. Now we're... Now we're, we're so people need to go, oh, we need to rebuild the economy. So traffic wardens are suddenly like on point. There's no fucking... There's no vague kind of, oh, I'll just leave it here uh, for a minute. They are on it because that's where the revenue comes. The train companies are on it. So they've got people wandering up and down. <gasps> it's all... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all like, you fucking. Everything's more expensive oh. now and just... yeah yeah, i mean that's
2: the uk also because here's the thing is you can't like i have such warmth in my heart for my friends that are english Mm. um i have such i have i hate you with every rotten teeth in my mouth i bite my thumb at you at everyone else like england i listen i love my time there but it is i'm gonna say this it's 85 percent fuck pig bin fuck (laughs) fuck you And then the other 15% are people I personally know. Like, that's that's how I feel about it. Like, it's like, speaking, you want to know what really helped me move to the U.S.? People always go, like, was it hard moving to the U.S.? It's like, no, I was in London the day Brexit happened and then continued to live in that country for another year as someone with an accent that couldn't be identified as British. I was so ready to leave when, you know... Uh, when people are literally saying in a cafe you can hear them be like go back to your country and you want to be like i'm from canada you fucking racist you're supposed to like me like you know what i mean like
1: it's just just one of those things
2: where yeah yeah, like that's, that's that's the thing that i do actually i was thinking about is that i think that america will bounce back a bit faster when it's all said and done because they won't you know They'll hand you a coat when it's raining. England will just come up and piss on you because they'll be like, listen, it's warmer than rain. And you're like, that is 100% true. This is the grossest way to accomplish this. This is the worst. You know what I mean? Like exactly the thing with the traffic wardens uh. is that thing of like, just fucking raise taxes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Do you yeah, don't yeah, just yeah. send out a bunch of guys in hats to fucking. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I understand. It's a. Triple yellow, whatever the fucking don't park symbol is in England. But like, I'm just, I'm just gonna nip in here. Can he not do that? Yeah, it's just. Well, it's like yeah. how I always got angry at parking tickets during the fringe in Edinburgh, where I'm like, you don't have enough tax money, you motherfuckers.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, and then you look round and up, Bezos is on fucking Saturn, and you're like, you fucking piece of shit. Just, just, I, just one billion would have just. What do fine. you?
2: Where do you come down on, I'm just, because one of them is going to die up there, and Yeah. fuck, I'm looking forward to it. I'm just like, <laughs> like, good. Because they don't have the infrastructure. Like, everyone is like, well, they're like, you know, like, why isn't NASA sent someone to the moon? It's going, because there's no point, and it costs billions of dollars. Like, it's not yeah. an easy thing to put a human, like, they didn't go to space. They just flew an airplane really
1: high. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, that's not to the edge of yeah. space so they could say, I'm an astronaut. That was it. Mm. And now he's talking about passengers going up there. Yeah, it's like just going up into the top of your loft. this That's where you're gone, you know? Yeah.
2: It's, um, this is a fun sidebar, but this, blue, this is the, the moment I knew I didn't want to go to space. Did you know that there's a, technically a smell to space? I heard this. Yeah. I so don't know what it smells so air, of. So it smells – so when you open a door to space – the room will smell of plastic burning and because the room that you've opened up into space, every molecule is being sucked, sucked out. Fuck. So it's it's they're speeding up and it smells like burning. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, I am Never fucking going to space. Like, there was just something about that like it has a smell? Fuck off. No. What well, like, is like, this? Yeah. If it smelled like muffins, I'd be like, yeah, that's space telling me good idea. It smells like fire.
1: Oh yeah, I'm out. Burning you know. molecules. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the fact that it's like we don't is it this is human beings with their Unquenchable thirst to find out to to go look to to prove that we're important and you're like we're not we're not we're just a chemical reaction that got out of hand we're, we're and we're aware of ourselves but that's it we're not the center of everything there's no real there's no reason for us so stop fucking around <laughs> just yeah fucking it's just like come back down this is
2: this is very guy who's just gotten through therapy but yeah there is occasionally I just want to walk up to someone with a mindfulness book and just be like buddy. You just need to learn how to walk down the street. Like yeah. I understand that you have a spaceship, but I think you want to call that spaceship Daddy Do You Love Me. And he does. <laughs> but he doesn't know how to express it. So <laughs> how about you fucking let your workers unionize, you penis looking fuck from Washington? You know what I mean? Like you're just like And I because yeah. I recognize it in myself where I I'm just like, oh, who are you angry at today? You know what I mean? Like you're just like, come on, bro. Like Yeah. Yeah. You see, you see it even in how people react. Again, I don't know. I don't like to make things. I don't want to bring up politics and stuff like that, but it's just the reaction people have towards Joe Biden in America. So much of it is just, well, it's just that. What you're just saying is your guy lost, and you're sad your guy lost. You're okay if your guy lost. It doesn't mean my guy has dementia and bad at his job. You just need to <laughs> learn how to be a good loser. Like this is the thing of like, we've, there's too much bullying. There's too much competition. There's too much that sort of stuff. Like I'm just kind of like. I'm getting. I cannot wait to be an old man because I can feel it. I'm going to be a weirdo because the amount of times during the Olympics when someone would be like, "Well, I don't like that this trans athlete's participating," and my response was, "Well, then cancel the fucking Olympics because human beings feeling accepted is more important." Yeah. You cunt. And and also <laughs> I was like, I think I think I'm like I think I am. I think I'm a bit too aggressive on this point. I think what it is is I know what it was like to feel left out and othered by athletes, and I think I'm bringing that to this debate. I also think I'm right, but I think I need to tone it
1: down a little bit. You know what I mean? Like... No, I think it looked good on the t shirts I think they that looked that. <laughs> <laughs> just...
2: Like it's just like it's just the amount of times, especially recently, and like you're also going through a breakup, where you find that thing where like you're being very intensely
1: positive like you're yeah.
2: almost like like he, you're looking at a sunset going now that's what i'm fucking talking about yeah
1: <laughs> like turning, yeah, people, yeah. turning people's heads towards it like look
2: yeah. yeah yeah who wants to do coke and then hit an anthony robbins <laughs> seminar <laughs> <laughs> get him away from us he's sweating um, on me
1: um and that's a lot of sweat he's a big dude certainly yeah, um, it, but, yeah a, do you think your go ahead. do you think your near-death experience changed you well, I can explain it.
2: So yeah, I did. Okay, so I um, was bike riding in Los Angeles, for those who've never been, I also I've ended up telling the story on all the podcasts I've been on recently. That's and cool. for that, I apologize. But I'm going to tell it in most in depth in this one, because yes, it does actually did actually change me. So I am a uh, avid cyclist. I love cycling everywhere I go. I, I don't like driving. I, I love like I just like the wind on my face. And it's it's great. Um, So I'm biking, uh, going down a hill. I'm approaching the corner of Adams and Western in Los Angeles, and my bike handles snapped. Fuck. So it apparently can happen. You're supposed to get them checked every year. You're very much at risk for it every three to five years. I was driving like an old hipster... 80s bike. I'd also been like going crazy with exercise. So I was like wearing a white vest and then cycling like up every sharp hill at like one in the morning, like post-divorce. Like I was going for it. Mm. And so I think that that may have contributed to it. I think that it was wearing tear on the bicycle contributed Mm. to it. And it was just luck of the draw of when it happened. I landed on my shoulder. I broke the ball of my humerus bone and my elbow again. But the near-death experience comes from the fact that there was a bus directly behind me that braked about two, one to two feet away from where I landed. Like it was close. Mm. And I went into immediate shock. I called a friend. We rushed to the hospital. I was put in a cast. I was x-rayed. They thought it was dislocated. As it turns out, it was a a broken humerus bone and a broken elbow. I was rushed into emergency surgery two days later because I was at risk for something called bone death, which means your bone no longer has blood going to it. It's no longer a living thing in your body. It's a dead thing. If your bone is dead, that means it just breaks with movement.
1: Oh, my God. Um,
2: So they would have had to put a metal bar in my body slowly, so it's as parts break, they replace that with metal, eventually leaving me with an arm just pinned to my body. So this is is all happening in a week and they go, and it literally, how they told me that part, so it's in two phases of first day is break, big giant cast just to secure it all, because I didn't know this until later, the x-rays were so confusing because it was an internal break and external breaks, the top of the bone basically exploded, you needed an orthopedic surgeon to go in and figure out Oh, which what? was the cause and which was the result of the break. And then how to fix it and how severe. So I, I sat at home for three days just in a fog, basically, mm. in a cast. Um, I realized how close I came to death the night I got home from the hospital. The first time, I, um, my uh, two friends of mine picked me up from the hospital and they had gone to a dispensary for me as a joke. But I was like, I do need to relax. And I smoked some weed and put on some music by the band Dope Lemon. And the shock wore off of the day. So my brain had been protecting those memories. And then that memory just came back. And I just relived it for about two hours, laying on my bed, just like, huh. and like seeing all of that sort of stuff. It was fucking uh, brutal. And there's like, it's, there is a, I like to say, I definitely have some light PTSD from it, in that there's just certain noises where I'll just see it. And I just go, oh. <laughs> So from that, and then that was the first sort of thing. And then I go in on the Tuesday to get what I think is just a consult on eventual surgery once this heals, what was actually a bunch of different doctors pouring over everything as I'm there. And so surgery went from, they went, listen, you're at risk for this bone death thing. We'll do it Friday, Friday, nine o'clock, knock on the door. He leaves a different expert on a different part goes, no, you got to do it Thursday. Fuck. But great. Actually, we'll do it Thursday. I'm feeling good about Thursday. He then gets drawn out again, called out again, comes back in and goes, "Uh, you, we moved everything. You're coming in tomorrow." Fuck. Like we gotta go. We gotta go now. And then he explained the bone death thing, and he's like, "This is super serious." And uh, went home. Got it. It was as it turned out, all a success. But it was a fascinating thing to go through for a couple of reasons. One, it um, it very much changed my perspective on, um. Um, everything else in my life where I just amaz- immediately got a big heaping scoop of gratitude where it just kind of like, all right, my mom isn't at my funeral. So let's all just put, you know, guess what that is, everybody? Big win. That is a big fucking win. Right there, we did it. <laughs> and then it was also this sort of thing of like seeing how people react when I was like that hurt. Like I was immobile. I was on the most oxycontin you can prescribe someone like i was at very much they were like i could tell they were like we have to give you these painkillers because the injuries you have the pain post-surgery is going to be insane and i know that because i tried to like toughen it the first night and i felt hell like i was not allowed to take anything psychoactive mentally because anything psychoactive marijuana uh shrooms any of those things and they specifically say this is the wound was so deep i would feel it and I would be in such pain, I'd be back in the hospital. They were like, do not take anything. They, you, you, they're like, numb. Mm. Do not act, like. And I was like, deal. So it was like on Oxycontin, which is synthetic heroin. And what they don't tell you is you can't really walk on that. And I have an orthopedic injury. So I was just pinned to my house. And people helpful, but also people like, because you're talking to people. It was so interesting how people try and control their reactions to something. Like one or two people. It was two people. One of my, it was two people had sympathy but also went you know like really tried to downplay it and it was so interesting because i could see what it wasn't about me it was about them being like oh a friend of mine almost died Mm. it's easier for me to go doctors always exaggerate that diagnosis i bet you you know you you probably weren't that close to the bus all that sort of stuff and i could see it being like Oh, you're not trying to hurt me, you're trying to protect yourself, but you're not understanding that you're not feeling what you need to feel, which is cons- like all that concern mm-hmm. for your friend. And it was like, so that was what I found the most illuminating about it. I saw it as a long answer to a short question, no, but no, no, no. So. that's what I found so interesting, is it really revealed other people's, for lack of a better term, character in just terms of how they would feel about that situation, because it is fucking spooky and weird, especially after a year of I didn't see anybody, and then the, a lot of people it's like, the first thing they're sort of, like, they're hearing, they're like, you got divorced and you fucking broke your other elbow? Like, what the fuck's going on? And then you get the story. And it's just, yeah, that was very illuminating. And then it was just limitations. Like, it was a big, giant injury. There's been huge byproduct Like, I pulled eight muscles in my hip and back two weeks ago Shit. because my whole my whole upper body is fucked. Yeah. And it's, it's slowly, what it is is I was overexerting myself and exercising too much to just... Uh, trying to get my body back fit and then it's just okay you got to scale it back and go forward and they're just like this is what your deal is like i have gone from someone to be like i wonder what my old age is going to be like to knowing arthritis is going to be a factor there's metal on three points of my body like there's no there's not It's just one of those things where i'm like i just know that's going to start one day and that's that's just what it is it's but you know I always, I always wanted to be a cyborg, and now I am. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> but this is the thing, knowing that that, that is going to happen in your future – even though you you feel you've come to terms with it, you, you, you've made your peace with it. And go, yeah, well, that's going to happen. It's not happening now. So, you know, but. Oh, it's
2: going to be annoying yeah. as fuck. Like, it's just going to yeah. be one of those things where it's going to be the fucking, you had a long day and then your dog pisses on the carpet. And you're just like, really? We're doing this today?
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I think this is the thing people don't take the subconscious seriously. There's so much going on underneath mm. that we could never comprehend. That yeah, you've made like on the on a few layers, you've made your piece of it, and you and you've come out the other side, and you're like, oh fuck, I nearly died. Well, that's all right. Well, and then your brain kind of like boxes stuff up and goes, well, we will just put those memories over there for a bit. You can worry about oh. them later on, you know. But we'll deal with this now, and we just so we can function and get through our day. But the stuff underneath that will, you are a different person now, not just physically. Mm. You're oh. you're different. You're not that per. You're not the John Hastings that left Durham that day.
2: No, certainly not. Yeah, my God, I, I got a weird scar on my left shoulder for no other uh, for starters. But no, I completely agree in that. Like it's that sort of experience. Like any sort of big life-changing moment, it it changes you. But it's also like for me, what it is is there's certain personalities I can't deal with anymore. There's certain sort of you know, fa- for lack of a better term, those sort of fake weird kind of like like acquaintanceship like i'm nice to someone that i don't actually necessarily care for i just can't do it really anymore Mm -hmm. like it's just kind of like i got it like a lot of stuff's just got to get given the elbow and then that level of fake like that kind of just i just can't put up with a bunch of stuff and you just got to have to kind of go all right i'm going to give the elbow it's also like there was a bunch of stuff i was doing for other people because i thought they would do for me and you kind of just realize no they're they're just looking out for themselves i'm going to look out for myself i guess And it's that actually bummed me out because there was a couple of times where I just realized, oh, wait, like you were just being really selfish and I was putting in all the effort. I'm just going to walk away here and sort of see what happens. And then what happens is exactly what I sort of was like, oh, that's that's annoying as fuck. But, I, you know, yeah, at least I figured it out. You know what I mean? Like it's that sort of thing of like there was a couple of times where I was like, I got some perspective on some stuff like through this back in the day. I'm like, oh, I could have handled that differently. But then I kind of do the other thing of like, yeah, but you couldn't, like, you know, that sort of thing of like, if I had just done that one thing, I'd be a billionaire. And it's like, yeah, but you weren't able to do that one thing then. Like, getting the perspective now that that's how it would have worked, well, this is when you need that perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's also, there's weird media I get frustrated. I'm very upset. I get pissed off with like parallel universes and like that sort of stuff, like. Where I'm like, there's no parallel universe. It's We're just here. There's no, like... And if there is, by the way, you're not going there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> they it's, talk you about can't your,
1: reach it. They talk about your sliding doors moment. The sliding doors moment. Yeah. And you go, oh, there's another you doing something. He goes, where? Are
2: you yeah, over? where? <laughs> where's, where's that? I then? know me. I'm loud. I would have fucking heard about it. Yeah. Like, it's... <laughs> Oh yeah, and also here's the thing with that sliding doors moment. Never has a movie produced so many metaphors that nay saw. <laughs> find me one person who saw that movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, Am I crazy?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Like every guess, like it's like, it's also it's, like the movie looked terrible. It's Gwyneth Paltrow with two different haircuts, and she's she's on the tube for some reason. No one no one wants to watch a movie about the tube. <laughs> <laughs> unless it's the, a documentary about that weird tube station on the central line that's in the loop do you know what I, this is so i could hear people in liverpool throwing their phones in a river but do you know in, on the central line rich there's that yeah. weird like at the loo, end loo, loo, loo. yeah someone explain that to me
1: you can either that's... go out to epping or you go on the loop and it takes you around kind of haynor or wherever is it, it's around that way yeah yeah.
2: Because like, I also, by the way, this is this is a weird. I wouldn't say this is terrible, but there's certain like geographical quirks that like rich Carl Donnelly. There's a certain like working class London guy where I'm like, what's the deal with Greenwich? And there's like certain guys that are gonna be like, allow me to explain. Actually, <laughs> like, you're like I'm like, I don't why is canary wharf so fucked up and you're like well that was a swamp until 92 and then some (laughs) russian money came and they hired a bunch of taxi drivers to build a building one thing led to another now it looks like the future when you're trying to get to up the creek
1: (laughs) (laughs) hello and greenwich is one of those places where that's where they invented time but it's a fucker to get to it's not it's not on the way to anywhere you have to make a point no it's like you don't you don't pass through Greenwich.
2: Here's the. This is the. the, But this is true of so many locations in, especially like the southern part of England. But London specifically is nothing in England. In London is on the way to anything else, (laughs) and it is amazing that they've done. Like, like I just thought of this. Exactly, you're exactly right. Like there is nothing on the way to Greenwich. There's nothing on the way to Canary Wharf, but there's also nothing on the way. Kind of to let like kind of their stuff on the way to Leicester Square, but the way you go to Leicester Square is never through Oxford Circus and Soho. You cut down like that one, like boring street, and then go through Chinatown. Like, like this is <laughs> that's why everyone in London's pissed off is that there's so much nice stuff to see, and they've designed it that you never see any of it. <laughs>
1: Uh, It's true, man. It's such a fucked up place. And it takes two hours to get from south to west. I have, like,
2: PTSD level of... I think everything takes an hour and a half to get to because I lived in London for six years. Because everything... Wait a minute. You're you're trying to go two stops on the Piccadilly line at 11 a.m. on a Tuesday? Well, yeah, that's going to take you 45 minutes because you best believe you're getting a red signal between Russell
1: Square... (laughs) And Arsenal,
2: <laughs> and
1: it's all unnecessary. It's like, and like, <laughs> like Sean McLaughlin, the fine comedian, talks about how fuck in how fucking weird it is that we're in the future, but there's loads of stuff from the past clogging it up. And it's yeah. true, like we're in the future, yet we still get like, oh yeah, there's been a points failure at blah blah blah. You go, why are Why? What is this? Why are the trains floating didn- now?
2: Because here's my thing is, I go back to this as I go, I'm just impressed the tube hasn't caved in and killed everyone. Because I just go, guys, we are in a hole that was dug for a technology that didn't exist when they dug it. Like, they literally were using coal trains when they made it. Because it's this thing of, if you're an outsider to England, you go from, this is England, the home of tea and crumpets and the empire... To literally going, I don't know how the fuck you guys conquered the world, but we all must have been sleeping that day and you just (laughs) grabbed it. We did. And like it's like that. And then you walk around and you go, not only is everything broken, I have no idea how you built it, why you did it this way, and why you, like, nothing is where it should be in that entire island. And then you go to Scotland and Wales and you go, see, they did it right. You put your cities by the coasts, so it's very convenient to get to. And a straight, convenient, quick train going in between that lessens as it gets later and later because we don't need these drunk people mixing. That's how you build a country. In England, it's basically like, listen, you can get two... Uh, places from London after eight PM, but would you like to get from Milton Keynes to the center of London after eight? Well, you better be walking, motherfucker, <laughs>
1: because there's no trains for no reason. <laughs> 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 but we're gonna co- we're gonna charge you £1, 000 £1, 000. a thousand pounds. Thousand pounds. That's week. the
2: other thing. Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's safe. It's a fascinating thing, and I'm I'm listening. I'll be in the UK in November, December, and I'm so excited. But I'm even more excited to see just where it's unnecessarily expensive to to get to because yeah. it, it's never it's like the, the the cost to get to liverpool from london you're always like all right that's about that would make sense but then you're like try and go to brighton from london and you're like that'll be 80 quid and you're like 80 quid yeah i can walk there today
1: <laughs> i'll just buy another pair of shoes on the way when the first pair wear out
2: Exactly, from a lovely, a lovely posh man named Oliver with like that plummy voice. Oh, those
1: seem like they've had quite a time. I mean,
2: like, what the fuck, Oliver? What are you doing, you Oxford professor, son of a bitch?
1: I tell you what, one of the good things that came out of lockdown for me, and I found it inspirational when I went on to do a gig to know people in a room the Bill Murray no audience two cameras (laughs) everyone manning the cameras was downstairs I was in a room on my own having to do comedy to the audiences via the cameras and it was the fucking weirdest thing I've ever done and the inspiration came because of (laughs) you doing America's Got Talent dude when I saw (laughs) that clip you you fucking nailed it and because I watched you do that when they offered me this gig ages later I went I'm gonna, yes, I'm gonna do it. Okay, so here's so, yeah. the thing,
2: and I don't want to speak ill of my American clown brothers and sisters, but only a British circuit comedian can do that. Here's why. And actually, that's not fair. I'm sure they could do it, and a bunch of comedians were successful, could do it the way I did it, which was everyone else had to be interactive, but just in a box do stand up. And that's because the British comedy circuit is so unnecessarily aggressive, violent, and difficult to perform. Like, it's literally just. Mm. You, the amount of times you just want to turn to a crowd and go you know you don't have to behave this way like there's literally no like you don't have don't to know, be it the, you don't have to be it yeah exactly why well, also i'm not the one who brought the stag due to this art center you know what i mean like you <laughs> you walked by a painting covered in lipstick this was a this was you made this decision not me and 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 it comes from that of that that sort of stupid well, you just got to do the gig. But what was crazy about doing that, and I don't know how you doing it, no audience. But were you? Did you approach it differently, or is mm. that that thing of like we're figure this out how it's going to feel when we're out there?
1: Yeah, it was that. It was like I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I really, I, I think doing the Zoom gigs, the initial, the, the initial ones where you didn't have any feedback, kind of helped. Yeah, like, see, okay. I had done that because
2: mine yeah. was done the day COVID started. That was filmed. So you remember that weekend? Like, so remember if you remember the Wednesdays when Tom Hanks got it. Mm. For me, it was Wednesday. Tom Hanks got it. Thursday, every festival in the country, in the in the world. So the Australian comedy festivals in Edinburgh went kabut. I don't know if it was actually that day, but that's when I was like, "Well, I'm not going to any of those." Mm. And then Friday was spent shooting at America's Got Talent, and then Saturday is when I shot it. When they were literally in California, they went. We're putting in the stay-at-home order tomorrow at five so we knew that we had about 27 or like 30 hours Mm -hmm. until you're going inside for what we were told was two weeks i'm at america's got talent as they're dismantling a giant television production and they have to get because the thing with those people is they've got kids so kids have to perform and they have a shitload of people that aren't from america and that was, the, they, that was potentially the last day of international flights. Oh, so I got there and they said, you're going to be shooting. I was supposed to shoot at 1 p.m. I shot at 9.45 p.m. that day because they were trying to get everyone under the sun to do it. I was the second last person to shoot. Mm. And it was just crazy. Like I was just sat there. It was so bizarre. I stopped worrying about the set because I was just like, this isn't being shot. They're going to just realize that this is insane and I'm going to go home and I won't have had this opportunity. And then smash cut to nine hours later, I'm stood in front of the judges rambling because I was just not prepared and then I went into the set and it and it was a huge boon and an amazing sort of nice calling card. I'm so happy for it. But I say all that to say this, be nice to the crew, everybody, because mm. they saved me in that edit because I, I, they could have made me look like an asshole and they literally just cut five minutes where I was just very nervous and they waited until I got in my body and got grounded and then went for it and thank fuck for that or my oh my what a different year I would have had because in the midst of all of it it was really cool to have this day where this video got released and I'm not going to lie to all of you guys if you ever wonder hey it's weird like a comedian's friends seems like comedians all of their friends and people they relate to suddenly seem to have the video on the same day and are like Good for John. Get it out there. Here's a little behind the scenes peek, guys. You want to know how that happens? The person whose clip it is emails everyone he knows with any sort of following on the internet and goes, "Can you tweet or post this?" And that's and that's what I did. And then I got this nice day where, like, it got like Gary Busey organically reached out and went, "John, good job at comedy." Like that right there. That I was. Flo- I'm still floating on the cloud about that. Fucking. Oh man. Mr. Joshua from Lethal <laughs> Weapon. Let's fucking do it.
1: Can I have a can I have a go of your Audi. Yeah, fucking hell, man. <laughs> Yeah, fucking the only PC part of
2: Entourage. Thank God.
1: <laughs> it was so good to see. It was so beautiful to see it happen, and we all just went fuck. And then from that, when they said to me, because I we did a we did a we did a, a Zoom gig, it was a one man show, and then they said, and I I would mistakenly said, oh, am I going to come to the Bill Murray? And I went, no, oh, no, no, you don't need to. You just do it from your flat. And then, and then later on, they messaged me. And went, you know, you said you thought you were coming here. Do you want to do that? And I went, well, go on and I'll do that. And then it was. Off so the, was it was yeah. It was an hour show, or was yeah, it just yeah, a it spot? Was an hour show. Oh shit! What was that like? That just I don't a know. Monologue. It was just like I say from the Zoom gigs I'd done, without any kind of back, without any uh, reaction from audience members initially mm-hmm. until they discovered front row and all that kind of thing. You you got to the point, you kind of go, "Ah, right, I can do this and not expect laughter as long as it's interesting. And I ended up just sitting on a stool, just really just kind of just talking about how I felt about stuff. My opinions, Mm. my thoughts and feelings, how I thought other people might be feeling. Turned it into kind of a, like I would with this, like just a session of hopefully interesting things. And I was shitting myself. And it wasn't until afterwards when I watched it back. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it was all right. And then you, had, and then with the edits, you had you could hear the laughter. People had got the video from them laughing at home and all that sort of thing. So it works. But you're like, fuck, man. Yeah. Well, it's also
2: that, that weird sort of thing when it comes to stand-up comedy. Is there such a feedback loop that we're used to? Is basically we're used to every 30 seconds the people were performing for go, Good job. <laughs> good, good for you. Yeah. Like, and, and that thing, and then that was taken away, and you're kind of like. Because the thing stand up without laughter is just the musings of a maniac. Like, <laughs> yeah. why the fuck <laughs> do you care about the Mandra, or why are you assigning A and B to. Like, remove an audience from a stand up comedian, and they are an Al Qaeda leader without the reasonable perspective of fundamentalist religion you know what I mean like like yeah 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 we yeah. say without to a laugh yeah. track Jerry Adams and Tommy Tiernan sound alarmingly similar <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's true man someone yeah, said to, Pete, you, they were to me recently, sorry go on go say it say I was going to say
2: all the Irish people are upset that I said that and everyone else is just impressed I made a terrorist reference without evoking Islam and may I say everyone that is why I made it on exactly one episode of America's Got Talent that's my talent I dodge bullets
1: <laughs> and offend the Irish uh, and do you know what I think you've got a bright future ahead of you and I'm glad you didn't die yeah. I would have been so upset <laughs> if you'd have died man Oh my I'm god! This is it. the
2: thing too, because here's the problem that I also realized. This is a very weird thought, but I stand by it. Which is, my funeral would have been fucking awesome because it would have had to like. Because I am a, some people are like, I'm not a funeral person. No, fucking, I want a funeral. But like, I'm like, go nuts. Like, I'm literally yeah. like, take what money I have. Put put it behind a bar and give a few choice people some narcotics and let's let's get like I want I want there to be three funerals as a result of my funeral and my, it would also be, the timing of it and this is so dark but I did think about it we're going my funeral would be one of the first big gatherings of comedians after the lockdown so like there is every chance someone would have gotten noshed off in the bog of my funeral and. Yeah. Nothing would have made me happier. I can even picture the comedian I would have wanted to have done it, and I know he would have, and I would have been so pleased.
1: Dude, we would have had you out of the casket. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> dancing around with us we wouldn't have buried you straight away we just yes. like weekend of bernie's with your fucking body well,
2: just, yeah just weekend and burnies, just really freaking out comedy audiences just super drunk dragging dragging He's you flatlining. out i mean flatlining,
1: we, flatlining. we would just leave you sat on the stage for 20 minutes <laughs> just because <laughs> this is what he would have wanted
2: it's it is weird because i had to fill out so when i went under for surgery it was like you're going way under and there were some risks so i had to
1: i I don't have a will i don't know if you have a
2: will you have kids so i assume you have something
1: no i just know that they'll just take the stuff they want and they'll just sell the rest yeah 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 yeah. that's yeah like that
2: sort of thing was i don't have a will but here's my bank password so just quickly go in and take that money out and here's who i'd like it given to and we don't need to involve the law um but that was a weird thing to have to do, of like put that instructions in my phone, and then uh. give my phone password and my phone to Chris Martin, British comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now guy who lives and I had to give it to him. And be like, if anything happens, it's the first note in the notepad. That's where everything need like any. And it's like a heavy thing where you're like, just it's so fine, you're man. clear. And it was like, it was like it's at that it's that weird sort of thing where you kind of have to confront it. But it's also good you do that because the last thing you want to do is be dead and everyone's going. What did he fucking want? <laughs> yeah, you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, like, yeah.
1: Like, yeah,
2: yeah, I want to be weekend in Bernies. Uh, weekend, yeah.
1: We will put By broom handles. We we'll put broom handles for your shirt, so your arms are out like a scarecrow.
2: Oh my god! You everyone would learn just how much how much bigger I am than because it's the weird thing is my body is in proportion, so everyone is always shocked when I'm. They take a photograph of me and they're suddenly like. Wow, how much closer to the camera were you than we thought? And I was like, no, I'm just I'm just big but in proportion. In proportion so that would yeah. be, the, that'd be the one thing is yeah, once it came to weekend in Bursy and you'd probably have to get like a forklift or at least you know <laughs> nicer to some people. You know what I mean? You know. You get,
1: There'd be a few of us lifting you up. Yeah.
2: Exactly. All my friends are artists. I don't I'm not I'm not close pals with any of the uh the you know the the Joe Rogan
1: alpha male elk meat set. So a
2: couple of them probably would have to be invited just to make the gag
1: work. <laughs> We'd make it work, man. Don't worry about that. John. <laughs> just for the we didn't have to John, this has been spectacular, man.
2: Oh mate, it was just so fun. It's just nice to talk to you. It's been yes, yeah, be I'm in I'm in the UK in November and December. Knowing you, you'll be living in some like weird part of the UK because every time I run into you, it's always like oh, I bought a house in Greenwich. I didn't even know where it was. My wife just bought it while I was in Edinburgh, and then I had to find my house. <laughs> oh, see yeah. him again, going. How's the, how's the wife, Rich? Oh, we're divorced. I'm living with my son now. Ah, very good. Ah, how are you doing? Oh, good. I live with Jade. What? Your roommate's <laughs> with Jade Adams? Oh, no, we're dating. All right, good. Yeah, like I just, I'm like, how, how's Jade? Oh, we broke up. Oh, okay. Where are you living now? Oh, I live in a skip in Tunbridge, <laughs> Wales. But uh, Wi Fi, John. Is spectacular.
1: <laughs> I always find a way. I always find a way. You certainly
2: do. It's also, you lose It's also, you land on your feet not in that way that a lot of my, like, you know, weird artsy fartsy friends do, where it's like they land on their feet, but that's because they're li- Living in a car, like you land on your flight, and it's like it's actually a reasonable two bed in a very fine part of town. Like you're like, <laughs> yeah. fucking hell yeah, bro. This is so what happens I when you're nice it, to people. I completely agree. It's also, it's also, um everyone wants to help people from Kent and Essex. There's something about Kent and Essex English people that everyone's just prepared for them to be a bald fuck who just <laughs> is uh, it like just calls everyone like like sweetheart and wants to headbutt you. So it's just a a nice man with your accent. They're like ah fucking yeah. someone give him a pie yeah. and fucking get him a blanket.
1: <laughs> He's gonna paint He's gonna something and broke. fix things. Yeah, he, exactly.
2: He probably knows how to get the boiler working. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's like man. my whole
2: thing. Every everyone from Essex, you can you you know they can be very prickly. But if you get them talking about swimming in the sea, they all just get this lovely just sort of like. <laughs> Oh, this is lovely in the afternoon. <laughs> it was like... Yeah, that's
1: fuck? so fucking true. That's so true. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, so when you're when you're back over here, you and I have to meet up if it's a coffee or booze or whatever you're doing. Um, but you've yeah, gone. here's what we're going to do. Rich. Go you and
2: I, we're going to get... Super big. We're gonna be for coffee. We're gonna get super big and we're gonna go for a we'll go for a big walk in Regent's Park. Oh, it's one of my like things I'm yes. like because I was like, why did I never go and hang out in Regent? Like I always hung out in Finsbury Park or hang out in like um Clistfield Park, but I'm like, Regents Park. It was yeah, it was right there. It was it's right there. And it, what park has a zoo in it <laughs> that you don't even notice? Like, it's just like what the fuck? He <laughs> doesn't even have to pay yeah. to go
1: in the zoo. You can see the things yeah. from the canal.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'm not paying for fucking seeing your fucking animal prisoners. I'm going to fucking <laughs> pop around the side, you know, <laughs> do some filing on some bars. How much more fun would Camden be if there was a couple of lions and a monkey running around? Oh, man,
1: that's sort of the weight from the yeah. chaff, wouldn't it?
2: Uh, yeah, finally, we can stop hearing about stories about fucking Amy Winehouse. Oh, yeah, you knew Amy Winehouse? I was here when a monkey tried to attack the fucking world's
1: end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This has been so fucking great. You've got an album coming out.
2: I certainly do. It comes out. It's a, It will be depending on when you're hearing this. It is out at the end of August of 2021. So if you're hearing this, just search John Hastings on any place where you stream music. The album is called "Float Like a Butterfly, John Hastings Like a Bee." It was the show oh, yeah. I just finished running. In 2018, uh, it was I think longlisted for the Edinburgh Comedy Award. Not shortlisted, but I told I was told it was longlisted by a sweaty man holding paper, so he had to be right. <laughs> and um, I'm very proud of this material. It was recorded in London at um, uh, Top Secret Comedy Club. I think I can't remember exactly where this recording came from. I uh, took so many kicks at the can recording it. I think we ended up using the Top Secret recording. Go check it out. And bees support this podcast. Rich Woodson's a good man. Good for you for listening. And also, one last plug, I do a daily Twitch stream slash podcast thing that Rich Wilson will be on at some point called the Untitled Twitch stream. That's twitch.tv backslash untitled twitch stream. Twitch.tv backslash John Hastings Comedy. It's also going to be available as a podcast very soon. It's myself, Chris Betts, and a comedian named Ashley Manning. I've been told about this. You've been told about this? I have, yeah. So... So it's essentially just, it's a podcast, chat show, radio show that's on Twitch. It's very fun. It organically happened out of my injury that Chris and I started talking every day on this thing. And then we added Ashley because her vibe is amazing. And she's just such a great presence on the whole thing. It is such a fun thing. I don't know how I can turn it into my job, but I want to. Please come support us and check us out. It's twitch.tv backslash untitled Twitch stream, twitch.tv backslash John Hastings comedy or find untitled Twitch stream wherever podcasts are available because in theory... It should be available now. It is. It's a dream, and I hope you're all a part of
1: it. Oh man, this has been so lovely. I really love you, John Hastings. I'm glad you're. I really still love here. you too, Rich Wilson. Yeah. yeah,
2: you know me too. Yeah, exactly. I always think back of our time in Hartley Pool, going <laughs> to that weird, super northeast nightclub. Do you remember?
1: I I, oh, I God, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. I just
2: remember we were. I was so drunk, and I walked up to you, and I went, "I think I'm gonna head back," and you just went, "I think I should too." I think this couple's trying to fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just got the. Oh yeah! i remember i think we were walking back and i went why do you think they were trying to fuck you and he went they bought me a lot of beers and i think one of them said you want to come back to ours and we were like yeah i think that couple was trying it's
1: just
2: it's just weird to be in hartley pool england and you're like this doesn't
1: seem like they're swingers yeah it doesn't feel like a place for sex people yeah it doesn't feel like a
2: place for sex it feels like you, it's not a place where you should fuck it's where you should get the fuck out of you know what
1: i mean <laughs> oh man john this has been lovely thank you so much Isn't man
2: an absolute joy rich wilson i love you and i, I love, love all you your too. listeners bye everybody hi
0: i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare Short-Term Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Made by Darkhorse Digital.co.uk, shooting, live streaming, and podcast production.